0: Welcome to Illinois Family Spotlight, a conversation about issues of the day from a biblical perspective, as well as highlights from interviews, conferences, and events. Here's Monty Larrick.
1: Thanks for making Illinois Family Spotlight part of your day. America has marked the National Day of Prayer, but our guest believes Christians should make this an everyday observance. I'm joined by Dan Haas with the Aurora Christian Ministry Network and...
2: A Future and a Hope Foundation. We're
1: going to talk about that a little bit more, but Dan, why is it so important that Christians make the National Day of Prayer really an everyday observance, and how do we do that?
2: You're right, Monty. I think it is important that we do a National Day of Prayer every day. God instructed Solomon when he was dedicating the temple that if the nation of Israel ever experienced problems, the people of Israel needed to do four things. First was humble themselves, pray, seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways. It's not the world that's going to do that. It has to be the church. It has to be God's people. We're never going to solve the issues that our nation faces unless we are really serious about praying, seeking God. But also the last part, that through prayer, We take responsible action. We repent and do things different than we're doing.
1: This is going to sound like a crazy question. What is real prayer?
2: Prayer is any kind of communication you have with God. There's different types of prayer, precatory prayer, declarations, uh, intercession. The main thing is that we pray. God can do in you all kinds of things, but we've got to begin to express to Him our burden, not just a list of our needs, but God, here is what I see is happening in our nation. How do we turn this? How do we change this? Here's what's happening in my family. What do you want me to do? How do you want me to address this? I think we need to have conversation with God, not just a list of things we're telling him, He's speaking to him. He's our Heavenly Father. He's our Heavenly Father.
1: And you need to have a conversation.
2: Yes. And in those things, we experience a variety of what we call different kinds of prayer, but th- those flow out from us naturally as we begin to have conversation with Him. I know
1: that Christians ought to be doing this individually, but it seems like you go to church these days, there's not a lot of prayer happening. Yeah. Even if they have prayer meeting, most right. churches don't these days, there's still not a lot of prayer. Right.
2: Having been a pastor 40 years, I can tell you that's true. And that's one of the reasons we wanted to do a prayer walk on the National Day of Prayer, frankly. Because most National Day of Prayer celebrations, you have a meal and a large number of people are there, and a handful of people are up in the front and they pray, but the other couple of hundred don't pray at all. So we wanted to have a, a prayer walk where everyone has a chance to pray. We do 13 prayer stops people have to have a chance to pray at those stops we can pray for our city as we're walking but we're actually doing prayer not talking about prayer and I think that's important
1: well I'm gonna have you pray a little bit later in this podcast I know
2: that in my own life uh, I've not made
1: prayer a priority and I've diminished the value and the power of prayer but I suspect I'm not alone what do I need to do what do we need to do to kind of change the narrative?
2: Again, I think it's important that we actually do it in our devotions every day. And I guess this is the first thing. We as individuals need to have daily devotions with God. And that is that we're reading our Bible and that we're praying, we're spending time in prayer. You need to start with some amount of time you set aside, 15 minutes, a half hour that you're reading and spending time in prayer with God every day. And then I think if you do that, you will begin to develop an attitude or a a culture of prayer where you see that that's not limited just to that prayer time every day, but you need to be praying with your family. You need to be continuing to pray during the day as you see needs come up. Or if you bump into people who are needy, (laughs) that you're not afraid to pray with them. But prayer ought to become a natural response from us as we see need and we bring that need to God.
1: Through prayer, big things can happen.
2: Yes, I think that's one why we need to be reading God's Word as well. But seeing that it's not in our own strength that things are going to change. It has to be through the power of the Holy Spirit and that we are asking God to be involved, that his presence is at work, that his spirit is moving. I mean, it's God that convicts the world of the Holy Spirit, John 16, that convicts the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. I'm there to be a witness for the Lord, but the Holy Spirit is the one who's convicting, who's drawing. We're born again by the Spirit of God, so we need to be working in concert with God's Spirit directing us during the day in our prayer, what we're praying about, giving me eyes to see the people around me that need prayer giving me eyes to see what the real issues are and discernment uh, in our world and god directing those prayers by his spirit yeah
1: i'd like to know what's really on your heart for prayer
2: the biggest thing that's on my heart in prayer is for god to give the people of this nation discernment our government our education system The church, we are a nation that doesn't tell the truth, Monty. I mean, that's sad. But people lie about everything for no reason. But there is such deception in our world today. And my prayer is that God could take the cover off of people's eyes, help them to really see what is the truth. I mean, we deal in so many unrealities at this point. I mean, I can't imagine. 10 years ago even, that we would be having teachers tell children that they're not the sex that they were born. There's no science to that, there's no, people are repeating these things over and over again every day and so people have to, I think, come to a place of, of having their eyes open to the truth and that's our responsibility to speak the truth but for them to be able to hear and discern that yes, that's true and I I need to conform to that.
1: Well, we're recording this interview outside the Pregnancy Information Center here in Aurora, a pro-mom, pro-baby organization working to affirm life. And we know that life is under attack here in America. The whole life issue really has to be a matter of prayer right now.
2: Yes, frankly, I have been praying for three months that the justices would really speak the truth. I think it's revealing that Justice Ginsburg, before she passed away, had said publicly and written that the legal foundation for Roe versus Wade was shaky at best. And it's true. It was bad law from the beginning. It was a bad decision. There was no, when we talk about establishing legal precedent, there was no precedent for what they decided. They were in fact going against the legal precedent of 200 or almost 150 years of our uh, legal system that a child was a life in the womb, and if you killed that child, it was murder. That was the precedent that was overturned by Roe, but that was totally thrown away for for really very flimsy legal defense. And I'm glad that they have had the courage to admit that and say, this was really a bad decision.
1: The pro-abortion left is disseminating a lot of disinformation yep and they're fired up and their base is fired up who knows if that could really change the outcome of the midterm elections so that's got to be of great concern and for Christians we have to be praying about this and taking some actions as well
2: yes I think our position should be the decision on abortion is not a democratic or republican decision that decision is a legal moral Decision and whether you're a Democrat or Republican, you ought to be concerned that we're not killing our children in the womb, and you ought to face what is reality—that abortion is murder. I mean, that's not a Repu- thats not a Republican or Democratic issue. That we are killing 65 million children since Roe v.ersus Wade. That we have allowed people to dismember and suck the brain out of a human being. I think really the decision on Roe will help pro-life people really begin to say here's what's happening. We need to pray against the lies and the deceptions being broken. This is a big one that this wasn't a life. This was just fetal material. This was a disposable thing that this thing doesn't feel anything. It doesn't know anything. It's really not life. That's a lie. And so if the average person sees that, the majority of people will say, you know what, we, we've we got to stop this. Maybe our nation isn't ready to say a total ban and we can work on that. And I think we might be in a place like that in our nation right now, but whatever it is, we've got to help people understand why they've been deceived for 40, 50 years and what is the truth what is the truth about that child in your womb that never was a problem for 200 years in our nation but when that happened it became that and the lie the consistent lie of this isn't life this isn't real this is doesn't feel it just has to be done away with
1: and this is a time to be in fervent prayer yes about life absolutely. protecting life
2: absolutely and here in illinois we're going to have a real fight
1: it's etched into state law, Yep. even more women will come to Illinois for yeah. abortions. After the break, let's talk about that, yeah. what we can do to counter that. Sure. This is Illinois Family Spotlight speaking with Pastor Dan Haas. We'll continue our conversation after this.
0: What looks like good news for a nation in a demographic crisis isn't really. For the Colson Center, I'm John Stone Street with The Point. Recently, The Wall Street Journal reported that U.S. births increased last year for the first time in seven years. The U.S. fertility rate in 2020 dipped to 1.64. That's the lowest since the government began tracking it in the 1930s. In 2021, it increased for the first time since 2014 to 1.66. But in short, that's a lower spike than we'd historically expect during something that keeps us all at home, like a pandemic. When economists called it a minor blip that still leaves us on a long-term trajectory toward lower births. The replacement rate's at least 2.1. Some scholars think 1.7's the threshold of no return. Look, nations that fail to replace their population face economic stagnation and social instability. A society committed to adult happiness over the future and well being of children will be a nation that fails to replace its population. In other words, birth rates are more than statistics and historic predictors, they reflect a nation's priorities, values, and worldview. For the Colson Center, I'm John Stone Street.
1: Thanks for joining Illinois Family Spotlight, monty Larry. here. We're recording this interview during the National Day of Prayer outside the Pregnancy Information Center and near a park, speaking with Pastor Dan Haas with the Future and the Hope Foundation. He's with the Ministers Alliance here in Aurora, Illinois. Pastor, before the break we were talking about the situation here in Illinois as far as abortion is concerned. And a lot of women will come from surrounding states to Illinois for their abortions. if it's going to change it's going to come through prayer, yes, fervent prayer and action
2: yep that that is the first thing we have to pray, seek God and turn, but he'll hear and he'll forgive us in Illinois. we have got to change the House of Representatives in, in Illinois. We, we've got to make elect- up of the legislature. Yeah, we, we've got to, in the next, this next voting round, we have to really vote for people that would be pro-life and and put them in as our state representatives. And if, unfortunately, there's not many of them running, we need more people to run. Every two years we have that opportunity. But until we do that, our legal situation isn't gonna change much. We need a, we need a change of heart AND WE NEED A CHANGE IN OUR REPRESENTATIONS. SO, THE CHURCH HAS TO BE ABOUT THE FIRST PART. AND WE NEED TO BE MUCH CLEARER. I MEAN, THE CHURCH NEEDS TO STOP WAFFLING ON THIS ISSUE. I DON'T THINK THIS SHOULD BE A DEMOCRAT OR REPUBLICAN ISSUE. I MEAN, WHETHER YOU'RE DEMOCRAT OR REPUBLICAN, YOU'VE GOT TO SOMEHOW BELIEVE THAT IT'S WRONG TO KILL THIS CHILD IN YOUR WOMB, THAT IT IS REALLY A CHILD. Even
1: Joe Biden now says that. Yes,
2: yeah, in his convoluted way that that's part of our God-given rights. But he still thinks abortion is a God-given right somehow. But so we've got to change hearts and minds. It starts in prayer. The church has to be more vocal and it can't be worried about offending political parties. It, It must defend life. The church is supposed to be in the book of Timothy, the pillar and the support of the truth. The Bible says that all life is valuable and the life in the womb is life. Affirm that through the birth of Jesus. I mean, Jesus didn't just appear. He came through a birthing process. So Jesus was never not a living being (laughs) in the womb. So we've got to declare these things and make them well known to people that life is important, that we can change this issue by the ballot box.
1: You talked about what's happening in our state. But we have midterm elections where we're going to be electing members of the Congress. And boy, there's a lot to pray about there. Yes, Looked like a slam dunk until we got word about the Supreme Court. We know the Democrats are going to use this to their advantage. What are your thoughts?
2: Well, they will. But again, I think it gives pro-life people a chance to be much more vocal about what pro-life really means and does and we've got to have more pro-life centers we need to be much more plugged into adoption but an interesting race just happened in Ohio where JD Vance won and I read a very interesting opinion that I think is gonna is happening all across the country that people who are winning many of the Republican elections are not tied to the establishment in the Republican Party and when they get to Washington, they're gonna vote and sincerely represent the people that elected them and their conscience rather than, than the party. And I think we will see some major changes in this election that I'm very optimistic on, that people do see the truth. They do see what's happening. We don't get much airtime in the media to express our opinions. And we hear a steady drum of nonsense, in my opinion. But I think you're going to see some changes. I think the whole Elon Musk thing in Twitter is going to be very interesting. That will allow for a whole other spectrum of opinions to be out there. So, yeah.
1: Now, you work with a minister's alliance here in Aurora. Yes. There's all kinds of ministers, right? Yes, right. I'd like to find out what they're saying about some of these issues. Without going into too much detail, but...
2: Yeah, I mean you have the entire spectrum where you have ministers who are extremely left politically, you have ministers who are on the right politically, but I think the majority of them are afraid, to be honest. They're afraid to speak the truth. They don't want to offend somebody in their church, they don't want to offend the donor, They don't want to be labeled, or they don't want to be pigeonholed, or they don't want to be buttonholed. And I understand that. I never followed that. (laughs) I understand that.
1: But are they afraid for the nation?
2: I don't think they're thinking in those terms. Really? I don't think so.
1: That's disturbing.
2: I agree. I agree. I don't think they're thinking in those terms. I don't think they are looking at a bigger perspective than their own congregation.
1: Well, if you're sitting in the, the pew... You better be praying for your pastor. Yes, I I agree that he has uh, some fortitude in the future.
2: Yeah, I mean, because they they will get grief either way, but we're at a point in time in our in our nation's history, the church has to begin to speak the truth again. Whether that's a Republican or I don't I don't think truth is Democratic or Republican either. You know, to be honest with you. It's either the truth or it isn't the truth. We should not be hindered from speaking the truth of the Word of God. And God speaks to many of these issues and we can't be afraid not to say that.
1: Dan, your foundation. Yes. Your lovely wife takes on the role of Corey Tim Boom, heroic figure. I wanted to call it the Hope and Change Foundation. (laughs) Future and a Hope, yeah. Yeah. It's the Future and a Hope Foundation. Tell us about what you're doing.
2: Yeah, the purpose of Future and Hope Foundation, I founded it a number of years ago when we were doing a lot of anti-violence work here in Aurora. And the purpose of it is to unveil the root causes of violence and then to help provide resources to communities to combat that violence. And we've been able to do that in a number of very creative ways here in Aurora. We're still attempting to work with some groups in Chicago to do that. But the message of Corey ten Boom is huge in terms of violence, because one of the root causes of violence is hatred, bitterness, anger, retaliation. And that story is so needed right now in our world I mean, I see families divided over political stuff. Families divided over whether they took a shot or didn't take a shot. Families divided over to save this baby or to end this baby's life. Families divided over a million things. And then our nation's divided on those same issues. And so what is true reconciliation? Well, the the Bible says Christians have a MINISTRY OF RECONCILIATION. We're, we, WE SHOULD BE THE ONES HELPING PEOPLE COME TO PEACE WITH ONE ANOTHER. we GOT TO BE PEACEMAKERS. AND TO DO THAT, THERE HAS TO BE REAL FORGIVENESS, REAL RECONCILIATION. THAT WORD RECONCILIATION MEANS SOMEONE ADJUSTS THE COST OF THINGS. AND IT'S NOT A, it's not a FINANCIAL ADJUSTMENT. IT'S WHO'S GOING TO PAY THE PRICE EMOTIONALLY AND SPIRITUALLY? WHO'S GOING TO BE WILLING TO FORGIVE? When she gives this message, I can't tell you the number of people that respond to it, because Corey Ten Boom's story is so powerful. She was from Amsterdam, Holland. Her family hid Jews. They were arrested for hiding Jews. They were sent. Her family was sent to concentration camp. Her family, her father and sister, died in the concentration camp. She survived. Was miraculously released, and then spent the rest of her life sharing that story.
1: And your lovely wife, I can't recall her first name, Gail, takes on the role of Corey Tim Boom. Yes. She's in costume and has the accent yes. and tells the story. It's
2: a transformational story oh. for young people. It is. The teachers love it. The, the children that respond most to her message are junior high and high school boys. That you would think the opposite. But they respond. But whether it's women's groups or whatever, there's a line where Gail, uh, Corey says to various people, you cannot forgive or you will not forgive. Wow, big difference. Forgiveness is a choice. Yeah. And we have to choose. And then reconciliation can come. And people just are weeping at the end of the story because they, they know who it is. They need to forgive and they've not done it.
1: Future and a Hope Foundation. I got yes. it right? Yep. The website?
2: Uh, they can go to www.afutureandahopefoundation.org. Right now, primarily what we're doing are Cory Ten Boom presentations. In fact, we're doing them literally all over the United States at this point. Or they could contact me at my email, danhaas1 at outlook.com.
1: Dan, I'm going to ask you to pray. Thank I'd you. like you to pray for our state and our nation and the uh, kids in government schools and for parents who need to get their kids out of these government schools.
2: Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you, in fact, are Lord of all. And God, we worship you as our Creator God. We thank you, Lord, that you love us, care for each one of us. And I pray now, Lord, that you would take the blinders off of the eyes around us of the deception, the lies that are being spoken to our children, to adults about who they are, what their identity is, how they relate to you, how they can know you. Father, I I pray that we as your people would speak the truth about who Jesus is, that God loves them, cares for them, has made them to have a wonderful life, Lord, and that you, Lord Jesus, have given yourself for them, demonstrated your great love that we might come to know you. Father, let that be our message, that people can be born again and experience a life Of the fruit of the Spirit of love, joy, peace, kindness, gentleness. That's what people are looking for God. They're not looking to change their sex. They're looking for love. They're looking for peace in their life. They're looking for joy and they don't know how to find it. It's only found in your Son Jesus. Help us God to speak clearly the truth of the gospel. Help us to pray Lord that you would break the deception that's in our world. I pray Father that we as Christians and all those who love life would share with those who have been through abortion, Lord, the healing of Jesus and how he can forgive, Lord, and restore. I pray that we would be able to reach out to young mothers who are in crisis and provide help for them, counseling for them, encouragement to them. Lord, that we would raise our voice, not in anger, but we would raise our voice about the hope that is found in giving life to a child, Lord. I pray that, the deceptive speech of the Planned Parenthood groups can be exposed. So Father, help us not to shrink back, but help us to, in a winning way, appeal, Lord, to those who don't understand why life is important. Thank you, God, that every life is important. And help us, Lord, to minister reconciliation, forgiveness, and peace to our world. Lord. We need healing in our nation on many levels. I pray, Father, that we would not be afraid to vote. I pray, Lord, that we would not be frustrated in our voting, but that we would seek candidates who speak the truth. We would get behind them. We would support them. I pray that in Illinois, Lord, I pray that we would get behind candidates that are speaking the truth, that uh, know the truth, that have experience, Lord. I pray, Lord, that people would get behind those candidates, and vote them in as governor. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that we are not left helpless. If you live in Illinois right now, maybe you think, oh, I live in a terrible state of of bondage and despair. But I want you to know, if you're a Christian, God has placed you here. And God wants you to do something in this state, not just leave it. But I wanna challenge you to stay. How can we change our environment for the kingdom of God? How can we see the kingdom of God come more real in our neighborhood, in our cities and in our state. I thank you, Father, that you have a future and a hope for each one of us. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: Thank you so much, Pastor Dan Haas. Amen to all that you said. The Future and a Hope Foundation, the yeah. website again?
2: Website is a or you could contact me at our email, danhaas1 at outlook.com.
1: Well, that's it for this edition of Illinois Family Spotlight. Please support the work of Illinois Family Institute. All donations are tax deductible. Until next time, stay healthy, stay active, and God bless.
0: For more information about Illinois Family Spotlight, visit ifiaction.org. And to email questions and comments, do so at feedback@ifiaction.org. at